Welcome back to the Marvel Movie Minute, a daily podcast in which we dig in deep to analyze the films of the Marvel Cinematic Universe one minute at a time. I'm Andy Nelson from The Next Reel. I'm Pete Wright, still from The Next Reel. And we are still talking about John Favreau's 2008 film, Iron Man. Back with us, we have Eric Nash of the Watchmen Minute podcast. Hey, Eric. Hey, how you doing? Good. Thanks for coming back with us today to chat about Minute 27 of Iron Man. On today's show, uh, the minute starts with Tony finally revealing his secret plan to Yinsen and ends with Tony finally asking Yinsen where he's from. The secret plans are revealed. Secret plans reveal. And I love that this is where he finally uh, is asking Yinsen where he's from. As, as we know, Tony took a very long time to ask Yinsen his name. <laughs> and now he's finally, well, to, to be fair, it sounds like he's asked Yinsen before, but Yinsen, for whatever reason, was being coy and not telling him. Because he's like, are you going to finally finally tell me? It's kind of a funny little this, moment. This is too good. I, I you know, I, I, I skipped uh, mentioning it last minute, but uh, um, for Yinsen, the uh, the actor playing him, uh, sh- uh, I'm sure you've already talked about Sean Tobe. Sean Tobe, yeah. So, did you guys talk about Seinfeld? No, I don't think we did talk about Seinfeld. We talked about Crash and some other things. Yeah. <laughs> so, so speaking of his name and his name being revealed and so forth, uh, there, there, it was the backwards episode, oh my to, and where they travel to India for a wedding, and uh, it's it's he's he's playing a character known by two names, Peter and Pinter. So. So his name reveal is very important to the overall plot. Yeah. I had no idea. I can't, I can't even, I can sort of place it. Like he had a lot sh- more hair. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like to imagine this is Tony kind of as a, he's, it's like a fishing, he's fishing, uh, Yinsen, you know, he's like, you know, I was going to ask him mm. where he's from. He's going to ask him, you know, he's finally get his name eventually down the road. <laughs> he's going to ask him some more personally identifying information. And it's all to like take over his Amazon account. <laughs> so, <laughs> you're really stupid right. that's my inner my my inner director it totally changes this movie but also because okay so speaking of controversial questions this is the great unveiling of the mark one and we have this sequence where tony we, we have the cameras up on tony and uh they're laying out some plans and we see these engineering plans, and then he lays them on some sort of a light table and stacks the paper, and suddenly what comes into view is the Mark I. As you scrub back and forth through this, you see that, you, you know, you can look at each individual piece of paper, uh, and they're all obviously components of the Mark I. Uh, and so there's a leg here, and there's an arm there, and a shoulder here, and they all come together. I am really torn with how I feel about this. Is this the <laughs> stupidest unveiling of the most significant advancement in military technology that we've ever seen? Or is this a really clever way to uh, hide the fact that we're building a robot suit from the terrorists? Right. Is it the stupidest or is it the smartest way? Yes. To- <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, I, I don't know how to about feel it. about it. I know, Favreau, you got me into the mood here. I'm in it. But then you show me, like, the rice paper and the sketch, and I'm thinking, you know, I think that uh, my six- and ten-year-olds could have done that. (laughs) (laughs) I like to, I mean, obviously, you you buy into it because of the nature of the movie and because it's going to work for hiding it as 
you know, just in case prying eyes want to rifle through these papers to see if there's anything more significant. But even then, you feel like, you know, what if they just kind of pushed these papers? Because he has them all stacked on I top know, of each other. they're all stacked there it's on not- a light table. It's not, there was nothing, like, you know, <laughs> no attempt to make it, to show us that he actually had them rolled up. And he, he didn't have one in a, like, plastic bag that he'd swallowed that he had to pull out of his stuff. Like, it's like, you'd imagine that it would take some effort to hide each individual piece of paper, but. Alas. Right. Or, or at least like turn some upside down so they're not all <laughs> laying the same way. Exactly. I, now, granted, I mean, we walk into the scene and he's got the stack in his hand and he's laying it down. So, sure, he might have organized it beforehand. But still, I like to think that it's a little more complicated, that it's not just so easy for the for the bad guy to happen to lay them out just like this and look totally. at it. And I do wonder, as he's looking at it, the I mean, the Mark one looks great. The suit is fantastic. But on the top right of the page, I can't help but wonder if it's like a toilet bowl that he has drawn there or something. Because if you look at it, (laughs) it's like, what is that thing that is like over there? It looks like a toilet. Now it's drawn like there's an arrow going down to the arm. So maybe it's a component of his arm. But like, what component would that be? And then the other one, the other arms, is that like a plunger? This is the ultimate plumbing technology is what we're looking at. (laughs) Right. I'm going to use this to fix the plumbing here in the cave. stunning. I would be interested to know if if those, I I mean, I I certainly know like like the top piece that has kind of some of the leg parts Mm -hmm. in it, but but really, you know, and those are easily identifiable when he flattens it. But the rest of it, are they really there? What, what, what we saw a moment ago, you know, in the first few yeah. seconds. Right. How many of these pages do they actually have designed? Or is yeah. it just like when he lays it flat, is it really just like two pieces of paper? Because it was easier for the production designers right. to just make it work nicely that way. Well, because you'll notice it's like the last cut to the stack is the one that includes the head. Like there's no, <laughs> there's nowhere in that first cut that you could actually see the most identifiable piece, the, the actual yeah, right. face. Uh, until he smooths it all out. So right, I don't right. know. I don't know if it's a it's a one gimmick too far. Certainly, it's certainly gimmick enough when you watch it one minute at a time. <laughs> I'm sure I was not thinking this <laughs> no. hard about it. I, I like to think that it's 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 a it's a good idea, a good way to conceal from the terrorists. Yeah, in context of the film yeah. itself, I end up buying into it yep. really easily because it's just you know it's i don't know it's just fun and when you see people doing that with rice paper and actually the way that it works so perfectly here to create the mark one i'm like oh that was a cool reveal but yes the more i think about it <laughs> <laughs> so so here, here's another uh it's actually going back to something i was thinking about just a moment ago um for another reason but uh contact the movie contact yeah. yep and they're not they're not thinking three-dimensionally here where, where, where's oh, the top and right. side juice? Oh, you're right. <laughs> right. You're right. Tony, I, I would have expected so much. Well, maybe what that's what that toilet picture is on the, yeah. uh, on the top <laughs> left. Maybe that's like a, a, a view of like what his arm is going through or something. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the lighting turns orange again on the reveal. We've been blue for the horror reveal of the arc re- reactor in the last minute. And now we're back to a nice warm glow. And even the, the light table itself is not a, a white light right it's it's not the usual white light that you would get so clearly this is kind of a makeshift piece obviously but i I think we get a nice color tone change it is nice coming off of that kind of the horror look that we had from that blue glow of the arc reactor 
to this. And actually, even when we finally get the arc reactor in his chest a few moments later, it's done in such an interesting way where it's not emphasizing the blue glow at all. Yeah. It's just emphasizing the fact that it's in his chest, which I think is actually a really interesting way to to make that reveal. Where well, we you're talking about in the, on the security camera footage? Yeah, where we're looking at the security mm-hmm. camera. It's I would imagine if we were looking at it in the room with them that they would have lit that a much bluer look to kind of emphasize that blue arc reactor light. And again, let's not forget, Yinsen would be dead. <laughs> well, let's not forget, Tony's having major <laughs> surgery here. He's having right. a, a piece of, of hardware installed in his chest where his sternum is. I'm assuming that they have to remove his sternum and parts of his lungs, maybe, yeah, to put right? this thing in here. I, I honestly can't figure out exactly what they're going <laughs> to have to do here to make this thing work. Maybe it's just stitched to his skin and the wires but, are just running inside. But even still, like, I, well, I can't sh- figure it there's out. A, there's a can in there. There's a can yeah. in his chest. It's a, it's the the shielding, right? So he yeah, doesn't get, right. give himself cancer. I, I think that, uh, yeah, his the way he hops up off the cot is, is legendary <laughs> Tony Stark. <laughs> just like, okay, another day, new yep. battery. Anyone who's gone through major surgery knows that the recovery process is not that quick. <laughs> <laughs> but I love that Tony has that stamina. That's right. <laughs> Good for him. Right. <laughs> oh, man. The uh, Well, and plus, I mean, this whole thing is like in, you know, he's in the cave like maybe a week or two. We don't know exactly how long the period of time was from when he was first captured to when he finally revives from his surgery that, that Yinsen had actually done. But when he meets with the terrorists, they say, you know, he's got about a week to live and he needs to build this Jericho missile in that time. So uh, say it's another week. So he's here for maybe like two weeks or something like that. I don't know. It just, uh, I, I feel like any surgery that he's having in this cave, he's, he's very active considering what he's been going through with his, uh, with his body and uh, the care that has had to uh, be taken with it. No, no talk of infection, no talk of antibiotics. Don't want advice to the future people. Don't watch this movie one minute at a time. Just don't do it. <laughs> oh, we do have when uh, when Tony is done uh, with his surgery, his little post op moment. When we when we come back to it, we have clean shaven Tony. Mm. And what's interesting about this moment? It's something that I noticed when he's he's playing backgammon here. There is a scripted scene between. Tony and Yinsen, where he is actually talking to him about the fact that Yinsen is shaving. And he's like, why are you doing this? And um, it's an interesting little moment because uh, what does he say? What are, you, what are you shaving for? We're almost done. This is when he's close to finishing his arc reactor. And Yinsen says to him, taking his time shaving, look like an animal and soon you'll start behaving like one. And that's right before Tony actually throws the switch and turns the arc reactor on for the first time. And then Yinsen comes over with his whole, that doesn't look like a Jericho missile. It's an interesting beat to have there. Um, I like that it's in the script only because it provides more information for this scene where Tony takes that almost as a call to action to say, you know what, I do need to shave. I don't want to start behaving like an animal. And he gets himself all cleaned up here. Well, yeah, and isn't that great that the first thing they do is is play this uh, this game, um, you know, which, you know, it's not an animal's game, backgammon, it's a civilized game. I mean, it's not like checkers. <laughs> right. It is, a, it is a civilized game for civilized men. And interesting, we actually have a deleted scene that uh, features Tony 
and Yinsen as they are working. And Tony is wondering what Yinsen is doing. And he is actually cutting a, a piece to make this backgammon board, which so I guess he's hand making it out of what was it? Lebanese cedar. Is that what he was using for the little uh, triangle wedges? That's what I that's what I heard. He was he, he said in there, I, unless I misheard it. But yeah, he was making a very fine backgammon board. And according to them, they are both quite the backgammon champions. And that was something I really enjoyed about this deleted scene is hearing the two of them. It, this I it's so frustrating. Sometimes deleted scenes can have such great moments. And I can see why they probably cut it for pacing. We don't necessarily need it. But man, does it allow for just a great bit of banter between Tony and Yinsen, where we really get to feel like these two are having fun with each other and they're connecting. And I just love the vibe of the personality that these two exude in that particular moment. I feel like it's something that the later Avengers movies do more of, not necessarily better, but better as far as actually keeping that kind of stuff in. You know, the choice of not editing it out is a better choice. Yeah, I think this is, you can kind of, you kind of look at this as kind of, as a bit of a practice run. You know, I like to think, again, my headcanon says that they learned from this movie that one of the great gifts of the cinematic universe and where we are right now in superhero movies is that we don't just get to see superheroes being superheroes. We get to see superheroes being people and trying to be more human. And these moments, these moments playing backgammon, the moments, you know, when they're sitting around teasing each other about who can lift the hammer, those kinds of bits end up being really special. And and I I definitely watching this deleted scene I I found myself really missing it. This is a deleted scene where uh where Tony uh where Yinsen says once this is done we can uh play backgammon you know I can show you something about backgammon and Tony is just like oh I know something about backgammon I was the the champion at MIT and then it's this bragging back and forth because Yinsen is like oh well I was the champion at Cambridge I'm sorry did you say inspired and and Cambridge in the same sentence, isn't that an oxymoron? <laughs> uh, and then the the reply where he's just like, oh, I'm, I'm surprised you've even heard of Cambridge. Americans can't get in. <laughs> of course not, unless they're teaching. <laughs> right. It's so, it's brilliant. It is a brilliant little repartee. It's so fun. And just hearing hearing the uh, joy that they're, they're doing, I mean, it's just, it felt like Tony. And I think that was something that I really liked about the scene is it really felt like the Tony that we have known where he's even just to this point in 27 minutes into the film, we really get a sense of the that kind of that jovial spirit and, and uh, trading barbs uh, sort of personality that Tony has. And I really do love it. And it would have been nice to have that with Yinsen. Again, I'm sure it's probably cut for time, but it's just a great little beat. Oh, before we get to this point, I did just want to point out, we do cut back to the exterior very briefly just to show the exterior of this cave. And I, I'm just bringing this up because I want to talk about this more in a future minute about this particular shot. We have four of the guards who are standing out here. It's snowing outside. It's a nice wide shot, but we see them kind of around a fire guarding this cave. And uh, we can come back to that later. What did you guys think of the way that they reveal the implant that it is through this video video feed almost as if somebody's watching it even though we never see anybody watching this particular moment i thought it was fantastic i i 
thought it just it was a nice little callback to the fact that, you know, it's been a little while since we've seen that there are people watching. This is a reminder. Hey, people are watching this happen. And it's it's actually going to set us up for the next kind of reveal where that we, we see them watching. You know, what are they what are they doing? And, it, you know, I think the distortion, adding the distortion of the kind of the pixels on on the screen I think we get a great sort of obscuring of what we know the thing looks like. Again, oh. just sort of letting that uh, our longing to see the finished suit and all the components together, letting us sort of long for it that much, making it that much more of a rich spectacle. It is a really interesting way to to actually present this in his chest and allow for this reveal in a in a very. I don't want to say subtle, but it's just it's not an expected way where we're we're finally seeing this thing that is such a huge part of who Iron Man and Tony is. And we're seeing it through this this crappy video stream, which just I don't know, it just it almost makes me laugh that this is the way that they chose to do it. But I think it's really clever. What's interesting is that in the script, we actually do cut to the control room. And when we're seeing this, we push in on Raza, who is watching. And this is how it's written. It says Raza watching as he spoons peanut butter from a military airdrop care package. And I have to say, I'm really glad that they didn't show that. <laughs> really? <laughs> it I mean, just I seems too, like but... they're taking all the steam out of uh, the, the whole threat of this yeah. character as he's sitting here eating peanut butter while he watches this. <laughs> but isn't that kind of what these things are doing? It's like they're humanizing everybody who's in these relationships, like this compact, complex kind of geopolitical good versus evil relationship and it's a guy who is you know we've already seen that they're using american weapons against against these villagers and they're also eating their peanut butter that's <laughs> that's kind of a grim punchline <laughs> if it, maybe if it wasn't peanut butter the fact that he's just <laughs> eating peanut butter off of a spoon it just seems like so silly uh, i i'm really glad that he wasn't but i, I mean at this point, we don't know anything about Raza. He has always been the mysterious character in the distance from the hillside watching the goings on. Or, yeah. uh, you know, we see him just very brief flashes of him uh, when Tony's being tortured or you know, we, we catch a moment of him where he's speaking in the in the hostage video. But he's very vague. And I, I like that they kept him very unknown and mysterious. It makes for a much more intimidating uh, at this point, antagonist of the film. Yeah, I can see that, that it might have been just just plain too early to yeah. do that kind of a, a reveal. Yeah, and I just think that it, it just, it makes the, I always hesitate when they uh, make bad guys seem sillier than they should be. Yeah. And I like that it seems like these are actually threatening bad guys rather than silly bad guys because those are the sort you get like in a kid's film where all of a sudden the bad guys are are having pratfalls and it just all of a sudden seems really nonsensical. A little bit too home alone. <laughs> yeah, a little bit of that. All right. Um, the thing I like about the shot uh, through the, you know, it's of, of the video screen and really pretty pixelated. You know, you have the fire there too. Both the fire and the arc reactor and his chest now are pretty bright. And and there is there is even a, the, the, the color difference too. The fire is a warm and the arc reactor is a cool. But then, then, then the next thing is, you are, you know, you're, you're already talking about the backgammon playing. But uh, tilts up. Uh, Ed shows Tony's chest with it. I guess bathrobe or whatever kind of shirt jacket. Yeah, it's kind of his lounge wear. You know, it's right. the cave it's, lounge it's, wear. It's right, obscuring the arc reactor there in his chest, but it's there. You can see parts of it, and it's certainly not glowing right. as much because more things have been put on top. Yeah, I think it's glowing through a t-shirt. 
It's not all totally fixed in that previous image through the camera. Well, and perhaps per our last minute, perhaps it's not cranking out quite as many gigajoules right Mm -hmm. now. So that, so he's not generating as much heat because he's just playing backgammon. You don't need that much energy. (laughs) (laughs) This is, this is a backgammon energy setting. That's maybe what that is. It's gaming setting, game night. (laughs) Do you guys play backgammon? Oh, yeah. I have never really played. It, It was around when I was a kid and, and uh, as part of a chess set. Yeah, I'm kind of that way. I, it was it was around uh, when I was a kid, but it always seemed complicated and no one ever had the patience to teach me how. And I know I played it a few times, but I never got beyond that. And so um, I, I wasn't exactly sure exactly what they were doing here and I was trying to figure it out. But luckily, good old Reddit is always uh, helpful when trying to figure these sorts of things out. And a backgammon player actually says that, you know, Robert Downey Jr.'s backgammon acting was actually pretty good, and they could tell exactly what the game, uh, how far the game was, and all that sort of stuff. Somebody on IMDb says, while playing backgammon with Yinsen, Stark says Sheshabesh or Shishabish, which is a Persian slang phrase, which means a roll of six and five. Uh, Shish is Persian slang for six. Uh means and, and, and Besh is Turkish for five. So I guess that's what he's saying because he rolls a six and a five. And then, uh, so I guess in the context of what they're doing, it actually makes sense. I don't know what it says about you, Andy, that you tell me that people didn't have patience to teach you backgammon. That definitely says more about you than backgammon. It is, <laughs> it's a game of, of simple arithmetic. And I have to imagine that there is a, there is a, a horizon out there where you are an expert backgammon player i think we can make that happen i look forward to the day <laughs> <laughs> i'm sorry i interrupted you eric so, so i was just wondering in order to get that six and five are are these dice in reality weighted oh <laughs> you know so that, so that way they didn't have to keep yeah. rolling to try and get <laughs> what needs to be yeah they just keep doing it right or uh, or do they digitally put oh. the six and the five mm, on they're just blank dice yeah. then. that seems like an awful lot of work it seems easier to just you know throw a little weight on yeah. the bottoms of those things so they could uh, land the right way but uh, was it scripted to be six and five like they really yeah, could have played saying. this with with yeah. any role you well know but I mean? he would have to have learned the other words right. for he the could say shashabesh well i yes, mean i guess right. he would have to say two and three it's only six six words you have to learn then i guess right Right. Right. Uh, It seems like an awful lot of work, though, to go through that. But, um, well, and actually, I guess that Sheshabesh is actually a variant of uh, of backgammon in I want to say it's in uh, in Turkey. So it's uh, it's actually interesting that that happens to be the role that he gets because it's it's similar in in name to this other version of the game i need to go play me some backgammon now (laughs) you guys have made me hungry for that sweet sweet gammon (laughs) (laughs) interestingly there is actually a uh deleted scene or I, i i don't know if it's deleted but they're in their script between the time when they go to the tony has line or something very big for 15 minutes their eyes meet a moment and Tony says, let's put it in. And then it cuts to Raza watching them. And then it cuts to Tony's office back at Stark International. And I'll just read this real quick because it's a quick scene. Pepper enters and is surprised to see Obadiah sitting behind Tony's desk, head in his hands. Obadiah, sorry, did I startle you? Pepper, a little. He watches as Pepper swaps yesterday's unread LA Times and Wall Street Journal with today's, her little vigil. 
Stain rises, gazes out the windows at the vast Stark compound. Pepper comes up behind him. Obadiah. This was a bad idea. I should have never let him go over there. He starts to break down. She touches his shoulder. Pepper. Hey, hey, we've got to be strong. He's going to be okay. He composes himself and nods. And then it cuts back to the cave. And this is where we see it in his chest. And it does, in fact, say in the cave weeks later. Ah. So who knows? It's a, it's an interesting little scene. I I don't think it was needed at all. I think by compressing all of the stuff in the cave to only seeing what Tony is experiencing, I think it actually works a lot better. We don't have all those jumps back and forth with other characters. Well, I just think the real question is, does it successfully, as is, does it successfully communicate the pa- that such a significant passage of time? Only in the sense of post-surgery, like <laughs> when are you actually able to start moving around? That's going to take weeks. Yeah, and I almost wonder if that, the, when he's getting off the cot, like if we were to assume that that wasn't him just getting <laughs> getting the arc reactor plugged in, but maybe that was some sort of a tune-up, you know, that he'd already had the arc reactor in and we're just jumping in to, you know, time passing. Well, that's a good point. It feels like that would make more sense where he's had this surgery weeks ago and now this is Yinsen just kind of checking on it to make sure that it's working. Because, I mean, he said that it was probably only going to last for a week, but that was when it was the car battery. And now that he's got this working, sure. I mean, it's going to last a much longer period of time. Right, right. uh, Maybe that makes more sense. Well, I'm in favor of that. What else you guys got? Anything else for this minute? Or are we at the end of uh, end of our thoughts for minute 27? I think we're at the end. We're so close. We are perilously close. <laughs> yeah, I'm good. Yeah. We are so close. All right. Well, Eric, thanks oh, yeah. again for uh, joining us today on uh, Marvel Movie Minute to talk about Iron Man. Um, remind everybody where they can find more about you and your show. Well, yeah. Uh, in addition, uh, you can also uh, catch me on Twitter at my at uh, uh, Lucky Mustard handle and uh the show's watchman minute and I, i'll even uh, throw in uh my next year or coming up later this year i should say uh almost famous minute oh uh, such a good one yeah everyone can join me for that that will be a fun one i am sure well everybody that is it for today's show thank you so much for tuning in make sure you subscribe to the show for free at marvelmovieminute.com join us over in our discord chat room and follow us on facebook twitter and instagram at the next reel And if you like what we do and you want to support us and get some cool stuff, become a patron over at patreon.com slash the next reel. Until next time, true believers. Mm -hmm.